Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Robots Radio presents... You're listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons & Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. And I'm Mary. And you are listening to a you are listening to October's bonus episode. Thank you, fair folk of the Patreon. Uh mm-hmm. this is one of the rewards you get. So we're we're both winning in a way. We are. Well, in keeping with the spooky season, as we're as we're closing out, unfortunately. Uh, so we, sad. I know, I know. We, uh, we wanted to go out with a bang, mm-hmm. with a bull bang, with a bull of a bang, and yeah. talk mm-hmm. the bull daddy himself, Baphomet. So, Baphomet himself does not know if he was once a man whose feral nature led him along the path of the beast, or if he was a beast with the strange and wretched aspirations of living life as a man. Nor does he care to remember what he was before he came to gaze upon the abyss, his soul laid bare and open before its entropic caress, matters little. What does matter is what he has become. I love it. I love it already. This is fantastic. Um, Every week, man. Every time. A little bit of shop talk. Uh, we were going to include Baphomet in the Monster Menagerie episode that we did at the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. But there's so much lore to this to this big guy. There's I was so like, much to unpack. Yeah, I was like, we need to make him the bonus episode because I, I, we can't do him justice with just you know 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, no, that's not even close to enough unless we speed run it. And that's not any fun. That's not any fun. That's like that. That is, you know, you want to you want to be able to chew on this and really and really enjoy it. Really enjoy this lore. Mm-hmm. A prominent Sounds delicious, <laughs> a prominent force in the corruption of subversion of mortal communities is the Horned King Baphomet, known as the Prince of Beasts. Again, the awesome nicknames for the bad guys a demon lord of the abyss he finds the greatest following among minotaurs his cult is widespread and influential throughout their secluded communities numerous minotaurs resist the trampler's allure but the cult spreads and grows as its vile cabalists spread the faith baphomet's cult threatens to consume the minotaur population with widespread 
and pernicious demon worship. Ooh. So Baphomet is first mentioned in the Lost Caverns of Sojenth adventure, uh, which, coincidentally enough, if you are paying attention, if you're taking notes at home, also uh-huh. contains the origin of a particular witch named Tasha. Ooh. Uh, and this is based on the deity that is rumored to be worshipped by the in real life, worshipped by the Knights Templar. And if you can think of um, that sort of like famous image of like the devil goat man, mm-hmm. like that is Baphomet IRL. Oh, okay. Again, you know, a lot of D&D monsters find their inspiration from real life mythology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Baphomet is the demon lord who has ruled the 600th layer of the abyss known as the Endless Maze. The Prince of Beasts and demon lord of all minotaurs is an embodiment of savagery, savagery, an agent of destruction who uh, is also known as the Trampler, the Minotaur Lord, the Horned King, uh, was born from the churning chaos of the abyss near the dawn of time. Just showed up. Just showed up. Time. Uh, and so many myths exist about his origins. One story suggests as a primordial being, he created the Minotaurs to uh, wage war on the gods, but was defeated and hurled into the abyss. Uh, oh. an- another version tells that he threw himself into the abyss rather than suffer defeat or imprisonment at the hands of the gods. Hmm. While another actually claimed that he himself is a fallen god, uh, but and uh, others say that the uh, that the abyss's infinite evil just spontaneously spawned him. So it was no. just spare evil laying around. And that's interesting because we'll talk about some of the creatures that mm-hmm. exist within the endless maze. And one of them actually sort of like is created just like that. Pretty much. It's such a neat origin story. Just so much concentrated evil that it formed a thing. So Baphomet is the embodiment of savagery. Like I said earlier, uh, is one of nature's most destructive aspects and is the catalyst that loose that helps loosen the beast reside, residing in all of us. So I, I love that idea. That's sort of like, you know, when you um, like when you're like super hot, when you're super mad and mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. want to you want to do things you wouldn't normally consider doing like, uh, right. like that is Baphomet. Like that's Baphomet inside of you, like like sort of like, a little devil on your shoulder. Right, right, exactly. So he stands over twelve feet tall, yes. uh, which is three, like just over three and a half meters for everyone else on the metric system. Uh, although some sources place him at twenty feet tall, which um, would be uh, almost seven meters, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm not good with the conversion. I'm an American. Between six and seven. <laughs> so uh, Baphomet has a humanoid body covered in black coarse hair with a bull's head, you know, complete with horns on top, a little bovine tail coming out of his backside. And then of course, uh, hooves at the bottom of his legs. So standard minotaur appearance, except much gnarlier, like much more evil. Oh gosh. 
And right. what you know, if if he didn't look evil enough, the fact that he that he has this giant, uh, this great glaive, or sometimes referred to as a great axe, called heart cleaver, does not help. Like if he's like he's like, hey, that, no, really, I'm a, I'm a good guy. Like, why are you carrying that around? That is an awesome name. Yeah, heart cleaver is fantastic. The villains, most of the time, the villains always get the best titles and the best weapon the names. The best weapon names, the they best titles. It's like, I mean, yeah, the good guys, heart cleaver. They really need like you know they they need new marketing. They whoever mm-hmm. is in charge of like the villain marketing Mark- is like you're you're on point. If you're listening to this, like let let me tell you, you're doing bang up job and keep up the I'd good like work to talk to hell's um can i talk to hell's like their marketing department i've got some tips for you i'd like to you know i'd like to get in there on the ground floor stuff ain't, ain't so great up here these heroes they don't get the good stuff so uh speaking of heart cleaver baphomet refuses to smooth the blade until his enemy's head joins the others in his collection oh yep so just keeps them oh yeah yeah i mean like that you just yeah, he'll keep the heads and then until he until he's able to get that get the severed head uh he'll keep the blade as is then afterwards once he once he like you know removes head from the body then he's like all right time to then he can clean i mean you wouldn't want to put your weapon up dirty anyway so that'd be like washing your dishes mid cooking i guess like Washing a knife between chopping things doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's that's not time. Um, that's not good time management. That's right. He's efficient, right? And uh, sometimes he actually casts this deadly weapon aside so that he can charge his enemies and gore them with yeah. his horns, trampling them into the ground and then rending them with his teeth like a beast. Oh, very lovely guy. He sounds great. And it only gets worse, trust me. Oh, good. And by worse, I mean better. So much better. So he is worshipped by those who want to break the confines of civility and unleash their bestial natures. For Baphomet envisions a world without restraint, where creatures live out their most savage desires. And although he is filled with bestial bloodlust, you know, don't get it twisted. There lies within him a cruel and cunning intellect that's devoted to subverting all of civilization. So you might think of him as just like a, you know, blunt object that's just going to like hammer away. But like there, there's he's got some he's got some brains behind him too. Oh, of course. Though so Baphomet longs to rule over the natural world where his savagery can be expressed in an unfettered way, and so he devotes much of his resources to do just that. Uh, Minotaurs and others that follow the Horned King take pains to spread over and defile the natural order, making an enemy of any who serve the enemies of Baphomet. So basically, like, you know, like, oh, like you mess with that guy. Well, my boss doesn't like him. So now now we got beef. Uh, Really? Beef? That what we're we're making bovine jokes now? Moo. I didn't mean to. See, that's the difference between you and me. Like you are the queen of puns. And I and would have taken that shot. You would have kind of mad that you did, but I forgive you because you didn't do it on purpose. I I I didn't do it. I see that just, just happens. Maybe like see, like I think I should go under your wing. And you're you like You might have been compulsively moved to do it. Is that what we're I'm just 
I'm saying I, I have a natural talent for it. Oh, got it. And got I, it. but if I can, if you could, like, you know, what? I did. I had We're, to work hard at it because I didn't naturally get dad jokes, so I had to learn them. So. we're we're digressing again yes. as we, but so let's talk more about this giant bull demon who kills people uh absolutely so like i said he's he's got his obviously the 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 brute strength he's also got the like cunning intellect um but he's not without is it he's not absolutely you know without fault he's not without his weaknesses uh the greatest of which is his pride insulting the prince of beasts unleashes his rage and hate in a terrifying display of violence, he stomps around, venting his wrath, rampaging and destroying anything within his vile reach. Mm. And one of the only ways to sort of calm him down is, you know, just throwing compliments his way. Uh, it helps to make him almost reasonable. But, I mean, it's it, it's almost, it has to be like constant, like just constantly flattering the trampler. <laughs> Uh, no matter how far fetched, like, oh, you smell great. You, you are the best smelling demon lord I have ever smelled. Uh, so and so it can get sort of kind of like tiresome to like just constantly be, be kissing. Uh, just, have you seen Moana? Have you seen Moana? Because Tomatoa is coming to mind, and I can't unthink it. A little so bit. To- a little bit. Yeah, I'm just see trying it. to get me to talk about myself because I will gladly do so. <laughs> uh, he is also prone to paranoid delusions and he kills and devours. Uh, and due to that, it makes him kill and devour even the most shameless flatterers in oh. his court. Yeah. So it's like that, even doing that, even like the constant flattery isn't, you know, security enough to keep you alive. Jeez. So pleasant. And so. This intense paranoia is a large part, you know, a large reason why he is unable to forge lasting alliances. You know, oh, it's, yeah. you know, he's always thinking that he's going to be betrayed. Um, and then um, the aforementioned pride, the arrogance, you know, mm-hmm. it uh, disallows him from making concessions to allies, you know, to, to potential allies. Um, right. and, and when he does do that, you know, resentment, begins to cloud common sense he feels some sort of way about it and mm-hmm. it all eventually results in a in a stunning betrayal on on the part of Baphomet and he he sort of like thinks I'll I'll do it to them before they do it to me meanwhile the whole time they're the other party's thinking like man this is great we're really going to get stuff done around here oh gosh uh super toxic absolutely toxic thus those serving Baphomet learn quickly to appease the beast to keep their man's their master's temper in check, oh, yeah. uh, but not so often as to overexcite his imagination. Uh, there are uh, cults devoted devoted to Baphomet, um, and we'll discuss them in greater detail uh, mm-hmm. here in a bit. But they use mazes and complex knots as their emblems, uh, creating secret places to indulge themselves, oh. including labyrinths of the sort their master favors. And then over time, uh, Baphomet's cultists become tainted by his influence, gaining uh, not only bloodshot eyes, but coarse, thickening hair. And eventually, small horns will start to sprout from their forehead. Oh. And in time, a truly devoted cultist to Baphomet 
might transform entirely into a minotaur, which is considered the greatest gift of the Prince of Beasts. Goodness. So could you imagine that someone like Baphomet, who is wildly arrogant and proud and completely and utterly paranoid? Uh, I mean, you can imagine that, okay, well, he probably doesn't have any friends, right? Right. Uh, would it surprise you to know that he has many enemies, that he has many rivals? I don't, I, I'm starting to sense a trend with the um, Lords of Hell. They, I mean, you would think that they would at least be cordial, you know, like at least like, hey, we're all know. like, you know, working toward the same goal here. Yeah, but that all, that only one of them can attain that goal. They're all like always squabbling. They're always squabbling, always power hungry. So Baphomet's no different, uh, you know, one, but, you know, and so like there's always, you know, alliances and truces and broken alliances mm-hmm. and broken truces. But one constant in this ever shifting, uh, the ever shifting battle lines of the abyss is the war between Baphomet and Yenoku. So this, and Yenoku is, uh, again, with the awesome nicknames the beast of butchery just chef's kiss i mean you already know everything you need to know i feel like it's just i still want to know more it's so evocative it is so this unrelenting and costly conflict consumes at least half of each demon lord's attention and resources the prince of beasts obsession with defeating his rival exceeds all reason and has taken disastrous risks in defeating his ancient foe. While uh, Yinoku uh, reciprocates in full. Like, they're at each other's throats nonstop. And That'd be exhausting. Absolutely, right? And Baphomet has actually been able to notch Heart Cleaver three times fighting the Beast of Butchery. Good. Uh, after several invasions into each other's realms each time ending in an almost crippling defeat. The two have learned, uh, and they now fight on different battlefields, where the fight of each can be decided through proxies. So rather than go at it like head-to-head, they're almost fighting right. this um, this Cold War sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Often these uh, battles unfold on undeclared layers of the abyss, with savage minotaurs squaring off against demonic gnolls until nothing but carnage and carrion remains. Um, but just as Baphomet sends his hordes against Yenoku's in the abyss, he also demands that his cabalists and cultists fight the gnolls in the mortal world, whether or not these gnolls serve the beast of butchery or not. Like So it's like mm-hmm. gnolls on site, no questions asked. That's terrifying. So if you're a knoll, you know, don't be surprised if a minotaur just like comes out of nowhere and cold mm-hmm, clocks mm-hmm. you, just mm-hmm. just sneaks you. Knolls uh, and minotaurs clash with spectacular violence, fighting until one or both sides find utter destruction. And mm-hmm. um, like they, so the beast of butchery and Baphomet actually hated each other so much that mm-hmm. Yenoku and Orcus actually had a temporary alliance, which culminated in Baphomet actually being forced 
into exile, like stuck within his own fortress. Goodness. Uh, Orcus was ca- ca- like I said, captured and held Baphomet, mm-hmm. while um, you know who invaded and plundered the plain of the imprisoned lord. The Minotaur-like demon had been forced to guard this single area of Orcus's domain, which is a demeaning sentence, um, mm. you know, for someone of Baphomet's like stature, right? I mean, just right. It's like it's like if you're if you're at the head of a kingdom, and you're like, oh, hey, I need you to like take care of this like rundown fort. Thanks. Ugh. The sentence was open ended. Baphomet had to stay until he fulfilled the conditions that Orcus had decreed, which included uh, slaying various creatures that Orcus adds, uh, sends through the maze. Um, oh. You know, in addition to guarding that area against unauthorized passage uh, from intruders. Right. Uh, the great demon was able to perform his uh, requirements and fulfill the requirements of the re- of his release. Um, the last thing he had to do was slay a human. Once he did that, the bi- the binding of the spell was broken and Baphomet immediately teleported back to the 600 layer of the abyss. So far down. So, I mean, like, you can understand why Baphomet yeah. has an irrational hatred of Yanoku. Oh, gosh, yeah. But where did it start? I mean, that it's not like that's the first thing that ever happened between them. And now, like, now they've, now they've got beef. Like, I mean, it had to have started somewhere. Right. Um, the origins are largely forgotten, but there are there are legends. There are rumors. And we in we hear at the lore cast, that's as good as gold to us. It is. I do love a good rumor, an origin rumor. So one states that uh, when the shard of evil transformed some primordial primordial powers into demon princes, in go uh you know who was one of the first hmm. and when he lust like lusting for blood he sided with the primordials against the gods oh uh baphomet was also primordial with strong uh with strong ties to the natural world who had his own armies his own savage armies that he led right. and so in a battle against the gods including uh, melora and pelor uh mm-hmm. baphomet found himself fighting alongside gnolls and demons under the command of Yenoku. But as the tide of battle turned, Yenoku quit the field, leaving Baphomet alone and outmatched. And so it says that the Horn King also turned from the battle, but not in cowardice, but to chase his betrayer into the depths of the abyss. I mean, that would piss me off too. Right. And so this is like, this can also explain why Baphomet's paranoia is so legendary. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like that's a core memory for sure. Like Baphomet has yeah. trust issues. I mean, I feel like in this specific instance, it's earned. It's, it's well-deserved. A little justified for sure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, Baphomet has other enemies, of course, like not, not just the one that's, uh, you know, who's just probably the, the most despised. Um, yeah. But, you know, so many other enemies, all of whom are born from old grudges. Uh, in particular, he despises Grazit. Uh, the Dark Prince also managed to imprison Baphomet ages ago, which obviously is a defeat and insult. Baphomet is right. incapable of forgetting or forgiving. Of course. 
And so as a result, to this day, uh, Baphomet's followers try to foil any of Grazit's plots that they can uncover. Has everybody in on it. Right. And Baphomet's hatred is not just confined to rivals in the abyss. His greatest enemy in the mortal world is Melora. She is another rival for power over nature, and Baphomet mm. has despised her for eons, sending his forces against um, uh, their followers, like Melora's followers in the mortal mm-hmm. world, with only rare lulls and violence. So it's just constantly, like always commanding his followers to murder Melora's priests and defile her shrines. Jeez. There's it like, sounds like he's got like the stereotype of little man complex. There's zero chill in this guy. Hey, yeah, he is intense. So this is the best part though. So they destroy so Baphomet's worshippers destroy any and all of Melora's holy places that they can find. Uh-huh. And they kill everyone there. Except okay. except for one. Oh. They have a tradition of sparing sparing. I'm sorry, they will uh one in six. So they have a tradition of sparing one follower in six, usually the weakest of that group. Oh my gosh. And they leave the lucky or unlucky victim maimed and mutilated and probably traumatized. Definitely. But alive. Oh. As as a warning of what offending the trampler brings. Can you imagine having them all lined up and counting them out slowly? Like it's I, I wonder if it's they and it, like the like the verbiage is a little is a little off. And I'm I'm wondering if it's one in six followers or if it's like one in six like different holy sites that they find. I don't know. Which I mean would be a much larger body count for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, let's say just for easy math, there's a hundred, you know, people at at a at a holy site. Mm-hmm. So that's you know one out of six hundred, as opposed to what, like you know, twelve or fifteen. Yeah, that's out of a hundred. I would yeah. think. I would think it's the like the one over six different holy places maybe i don't know my brain read it the other way so well I mean, I, that, someone that's, knows for sure that's how i read it but now i'm thinking that's actually quite a lot it seems more brutal if they kill everyone like you know over the course of like six different raids but right. leave one of them alive yeah well, that does make sense and so as much as baphomet craves retribution he knows he cannot mount a proper offensive in these cases as he simply cannot leave himself open to attack to indulge in vengeance against powerful demon princes. So that's the only thing sort of keeping him in check. I mean, I guess something should. I'm glad he has a boundary. I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, silver linings. Silver linings. So let's talk a little bit about uh, his realm. in the abyss known as the endless maze so as a demon lord baphomet commands a realm in the abyss called the endless maze he uses the uncertain landscape as he pleases his realm is filled with tricks traps 
and shifting corridors. Some of the worst creatures found in the abyss infest this place. At the maze's center stands his labyrinthine palace, the Lictian, a mighty fortress mirroring the madness defining Baphomet's realm. That just sounds so freaking cool. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, spoiler alert, the Endless Maze is dope. It is dope AF. It is, if you're into all, like, the crazy, like, dark stuff in D&D, this is going to be right up your alley. So, it is a, I'm in, (laughs) let's talk more, a massive labyrinth spreading out in all directions. The passages confound those with the misfortune to have to explore the place. Uh, Those who come to the upper reaches of the Endless Maze find the corridors have no ceilings, but the walls extend hundreds of feet into the air. And you might think like, oh, I can just climb or I can fly. I'm an arrow croaker. I can just fly. However, doing those things all the way to the top afflicts the visitor with weakness and despair, causing many to give up and retreat or just fall down to the unforgiving stones below. And those who do make it to the top feel the full weight of their journey's futility because the maze extends all around as far as eyes can see. So you get up there, you're like, I'm going to get to the top and I'll be free. And then you get up there and and you see nothing but walls. In all directions. Oh, that is so... That's terrifying. It's fantastic. And on top of on top of that, you make it to the top. Those who linger there soon attract the attention of demons who like nothing more than to destroy quote unquote cheaters. So that you're cheating. Yeah, like so you if you think that's um like I'm just gonna I'm gonna metagame this and climb to the top. Uh no, wrong, wrong, not gonna Shouldn't happen. Shouldn't have been cheating. Uh, This open air maze is but the tip of Baphomet's domain since staircases arranged throughout the realm lead deeper into the sprawling labyrinth. These send travelers into corridors that are even more terrible and dangerous where horrible monsters and nefarious traps lay in wait. Uh, Walls move of their own accord, sealing off some corridors while opening new ones And these passages might carry travelers to open galleries where scores of tunnels branch off, or they might constrict until a person has to crawl to make any progress. That sounds horrifying. It's, it's fantastic. And in fact, there is um, in the DMS guild and there'll be a link in the show notes. uh, There's um, a endless maze, um, like randomizer table, like it'll uh, or like random encounters and stuff like that. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's great. Uh, bizarre flora locks and uh, lurks in the crevices, spewing poisonous spores at passersby. It's just, I mean, if it's not just the demons and the 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 creatures that are trying to kill you, it's the like the setting itself. It's ridiculous. I love it. Ugh. The endless maze is in better repair the closer one travels to the Lictian, the you know Baphomet's fortress. Right. Uh, you know, it becomes a smooth wall, little sign of debris. But further out, you've got malfunctioning traps, streaks of blood, chunks of rotting meat, 
bones and broken walls leading into spaces between space. Like that's more common the further you get away from the center. Of course. Uh, The Endless Maze also features portals connected to other labyrinths found in the abyss. And according to some planar travelers, there is a portal to every maze in the cosmos. And uh, but you must know, again, like this is not just, you know, with uh, the Endless Maze, but portals in general, they sometimes Mm -hmm. open in unexpected places, you know, luring creatures from other planes to lose themselves and their lives to the wonders of Baphomet's realm. Ugh. It's I, fantastic. Can you imagine trying to just go into your pantry? Like, open the door, try to walk in, boom, portal to a labyrinth. Dinner's ruined. I mean, like, yeah, you're that's that's a wrap, really, that's really it. and truly. Hey there, dungeon masters. Ever wished for a tool to help design your worlds and campaigns? Introducing Epic World Builder, the app that turns those dreams into reality. Craft intricate dungeons populated with creatures from the abyss, or cities with secrets hidden around every corner. Join a community of dreamers and world builders sharing and exploring each other's creations. Create your free campaign today with epicworldbuilder.com. Epicworldbuilder.com, where your world comes to life. And so it the endless maze serves as something of a testing ground. So before the Prince of Beasts accepts an audience with a mortal servant, he might demand the petitioners seek out and find a specific creature lost in the maze. And so those who return, those who accomplish this goal, this mission, are worthy of Baphomet's attention. Those who don't are obviously forgotten, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, and so while most of the Endless Maze is uh, a corridor, you know, the, the labyrinth-like um, situation... There are still many locations of interest that exist. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Lycdian, Baphomet's palace, hangs suspended mm-hmm. in the center of a yawning chasm held in place by 20 stone and iron staircases that pay no attention to direction or bearing. Each staircase ends at a hallway leading into well-maintained passages that extend for miles through the endless maze. Uh, It's a tangle of rooms and corridors, a knot of chambers fused together through Baphomet's sheer malice. And crawling through its twisted passages are broken souls in service to the demon prince. These fiends and mortals are so shattered by their thraldom that they have lost all sense of self and purpose outside of their vain master. Good. Lord. It's fantastic it's so amazing i understand why this had to be a whole episode you i'm sold and so like i that's not even my favorite one we've also got the bone castle which is even better than what it sounds like uh 13 passages breach a smooth stone wall a field of bleached bones stretch out beneath a rust-colored sky In the center rises a pale white castle assembled from thousands, if not millions, of finger and hand bones. Oh. It is a delicate and fragile structure built to celebrate or contain the evil of its inhabitant. Oh my gosh. So who lives there? No one knows for sure. 
No demon wants to approach it, and even Baphomet appears reluctant to draw near it. Some whisper the Bone Castle is home to a being known as Pale Knight, the mother of demons. Those who great name. Right? I know, it's fantastic. Those few who have chanced upon the Bone Castle claim to have spied a ghostly figure gliding across the battlements, a shapely and frightening woman whose gossamer strands of white hair conceal her face. So a woman in white, essentially. Yeah, like a uh like yep. a ghostly sort of like woman in white stories. Like some of my favorites. And so another thing about being in the abyss and especially being in um like proximity to Baphomet. I'm sorry, and, and being in the the endless maze, not just the abyss, but the actual domain of Baphomet, is that you can go mad if you are in his lair. Or within line of sight of the demon Ooh, lord. Okay. And so, and so, uh, you have to, uh, there's a madness of Baphomet table that you can find to determine the nature of the madness, uh, which is a character flawed until cured. Uh, so it's a D100, 1 through 20. My anger consumes me. I can't be reasoned with when my rage has been stoked. Oh. So, you know, not not great, but not altogether terrible. Uh, 21 through 40. I degenerate into beastly behavior, seeming more like a wild animal than a thinking being. Okay, I'm starting to get that's, a little that's worse. terrifying. I love it. 41 through 60. The world is my hunting ground. Others are my prey. Okay, now we're getting problematic. That, now that's... Mm, I don't don't like the sound of that. I don't like where this is headed. 61 through 80. Hate comes easily to me and explodes into rage. So they just snap. All right. Uh, Pretty much. Yeah. Easily too. hate comes easily to me. Uh, So like Karen's, but you know, worse, very dangerous. Yeah. Somehow worse. Yeah. Yeah. 81 through 100, I see those who oppose me not as people, but as beasts meant to be preyed upon. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, yeah, I. that does sound like madness. And then, of course, um, naturally, the Endless Maze is home to an assortment of terrible creatures. Mm -hmm. Uh, Savage minotaurs and depraved minotaur tribes wander the tunnels in search of food and plunder and demons as well are also widespread. Um, there are a group, there's a group that's um, like a loose group, um, but they're no- collectively known as the lost. Okay. They are war survivors, adventurers, fools who had the misfortune of stumbling into Baphomet's realm who have managed to s- survive in the maze. Uh, a few are solitary people who survive against the odds, but most are gangs of lost uh, those are most common. And it says that they're as dangerous as demons. Oh. Which is gnarly to yeah. me. Um, additionally, like he, Baphomet also rewards his greatest cool. servants with a measure of hmm. his power, raising them up to serve as exarchs. And so, like other demon princes, uh-huh. you know, he has these loyal servants. 
and Asterion and the and the Misbegotten are among his most okay. fearsome. So Asterion or Asterion, uh, known as the Thief of the Maze, Asterion prowls the corridors and galleries of the Endless Maze, searching for treasures left by those who fall victim to Baphomet's cruel traps and beasts. He could pass for an ordinary minotaur if not for the extensive shifting tattoos all over his body. Now, what he's got tattooed on him is a map of the Endless Maze, covering where Asterion stands at that time and for miles all around. Huh. So where he is will be the center of his chest. And as he moves, the tattoo shifts in a way that that location remains there. That, you know, he remains in the middle of his oh, chest. Oh, that is trippy. I love it. So knowing this, Asterion conceals much of his body with hide armor. So yeah. makes sense. However, it's not normal hide armor. It's hide armor fashioned from human Ooh. skin. With his arms emerging oh through stretched mouths that form shoulder plates. That is gnarly. That's, I love it so much. Oh. There's so much about this that I love. Uh, and then, of course, the misbegotten, born from Baphomet's diseased imagination and co signed to the depths below his palace, the misbegotten swells with evil awaiting its chance to take revenge on its maker. The misbegotten is a bloated black worm covered in quivering pustules that give it a very distinctive smell. It's a polite way of saying it stinks bad. Yeah. Uh, Four thick tentacles, each ending with a long, smooth horn frame a tiny head which is malformed and has dripping putrid ooze coming out of its slobbering maw. I, I'm uncomfortable with the energy you've created in the studio today. That is so get ready to gross. Get ready to be more uncomfortable because the misbegotten makes no sounds Ew. as it pulls itself across the floor only issuing a small moan when it kills. Oh, so gross. It's, they really outdid themselves that this time. I'm telling you. beautifully disgusting. How horrible. Um, additionally, like, you know, these creatures in it and also demons mm-hmm. exist within the endless right. maze, uh, shrieking and cackling as well as insane humanoids, uh, malformed creatures. They all defy description. They And you can find them roaming the endless passages and corridors of the endless maze. I like maze. that it's... Uh, and, I like that. The malformed creatures, non-specific types of creatures, because any horror you create can be plugged into there. Absolutely, yeah. This is, you know, it it's begging for that homebrew is, creatures. Yeah, that absolutely. is the perfect place to put the most disgusting things from your minds. So I'm going to talk about a few of them. Uh, we've got the Koflizu, which swirling massive clouds of torn flesh and crimson droplets 
coalesce in areas where demons have been butchered. This was what I was alluding to earlier when I was like, well, sometimes things just come together. <laughs> so, so wherever demonic corpses collect, a koflizu is bound to form from the loosed energy and the raw malice latent in their rotting remains. You've also got the Kalaka, who subverts and kidnaps mortals, remaking them to ensure their obedience and loyalties in their new roles as protectors of his realm. They are remade to serve the Prince of Beasts in the Endless Maze. Each creature is unique in appearance, and each suits Baphomet's mood and at the time of its making. And then there's also the Paradasu. Mm -hmm. These fiends take shape from captured souls of mortals who died while trapped in the endless maze, roaming the passages and corridors and in search of the escape that denied them in life. They're also called maze demons, and they have been driven mad, living on in this accursed state, seeking to possess their victims and reduce them to the same state as them. Just jumping from victim to victim. Pretty much like, you know, if uh, like if I can't escape, you if I couldn't escape, then you can't either. And then, of course, you know, he's also got uh, his servants on the mortal plane. Of course. Baphomet's servants are legion on his lair. He commands innumerable demons, you know, each selected for their singular viciousness and cruelty you know, carnage demons roam the distant mm-hmm. tunnels, scouring the endless passages for fresh meat. Balors raise palaces in large chambers where they oversee courts of servile and fawning fiends who prostrate themselves before the Balor's fiery might. And then abyssal dragons uh, layer in the depths and on the upper walls while G- uh, Glabrazu Lit through the toxic clouds, dipping from the cloying mist to snatch the unwary. But he also Baphomet also has a widespread mm-hmm. cult in the mortal world. Uh, strongest among the Minotaurs, obviously. He extends his influence through these thralls. He poisons the minds of their people to turn them to his service, urging them to set aside introspective pursuits and to let loose the beast within. Those who give in to these temptations find the darkness in their hearts growing until they swell with terrible Mm. evil, growing larger and more savage as the abyss's corrupting influence takes hold. Though Minotaurs make up the majority of Baphomet's mortal servants, Baphomet has had luck converting other humanoids to right, his cause. These are the ones that you he, talked about earlier that would develop the horns to begin growing out of them and stuff. Exactly. And slowly shifting into his image. Right. And so he usually preys on the frightened and the ignorant, filling mortal minds with fear and lust for the power his devoted servants promise. So as a member of of Baphomet's cult, what can you expect? Are there perks? Well, I mean, he demands little from his uh-huh. followers. That So, you know, there's that, you know, like he just prefers to let their madness and brimming evil guide their pursuits. He's like, hey, like you're 
be like you're mad and you're evil go go get into shenanigans shenanigans. i trust you see you later he's not a mic he's not a micromanager he's not gonna you know he's not gonna tps report you to death uh central to their service though is embracing that Mm -hmm. inner beast those new to the cult find their inhibitions weakened until they can act without thinking giving into their darkest desires without thought of consequence their condition right in time his followers fall so far that they begin to manifest manifest those monstrous mm. traits like i said the 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 horns the bloodshot right. eyes but but also like psychologically they twist and mutate into feral versions of their former selves until they bark and howl you know, shrieking and hooting as they enslave and slaughter. And while the Minotaurs have long had a connection to the strong connection to the Prince Mm -hmm. of Beasts, outside the Minotaur society, Baphomet enjoys a strong, though hidden, following among humans, among dwarves, and among orcs. These cults bury themselves deep behind layers of secrecy and misdirection, so they're able to worship Uh, and serve as they see fit. In fact, many of these cults masquerade as charitable organizations or even, right, or uh, militant arms of established religions. Like, um, like we're like a, we're a brigade for Pelor. We're, we're, you know, we fight for the sun God. That just sounds Um, like every, that's like the cult origin story, like all cults. Right, right. And then others pretend to be wealthy clubs founded by elite society members. So, yeah, just like different cult origin stories. You know, Baphomet's got them all. Good. And of course, like any cult, in each case, uh, they mask uh, to conceal their sinister and subversive organization who actually delight in hedonistic expressions of one despicable worship two exploring carnality three foul magic and four forbidden lore and again like oh no that's how they would get me all that oh yeah like oh the first three i don't know forbidden lore lore, you said (laughs) what's actually what's interesting though is that most of the cult members aren't actually aware of Baphomet's true nature. Oh. And might see the object of their devotion, like, you know, the the object of the, you know, that they worship as more of an intellectual exercise or manifestation of another deity. Oh. So they a lot of them don't actually realize that this is a this is a guy, this is a dude that actually exists. You know, it's not just an idea or a philosophy. Oh my- Oh, gosh, there's going to be some egg on some faces when they find out. And so as a result, few use the horned goat's head symbol instead. And this is somehow again, this is somehow worse. Instead, they venerate a severed bearded head preserved in in embalming fluids or left to rot on their profane altars. Again, like. Somehow it just gets it worse does, every or time better. I think that I'm like, well, at least we've we've hit. It's not gonna get any any worse from here, and yet, and yet, oh. 
And again, in keeping with this, um, with this, you know, symbols for Baphomet vary a great deal. You know, most uh, can most can tell each other uh, from uh, by using the uh, twisted circular maze awash in mm-hmm. blood, which is a sign favored by minotaurs who already regard the labyrinth as a holy sign. And, you know, while like that symbol and others are more recognizable, followers can also use uh, the hand gesture, which is like, you know, the sort of like, you know, when you pull up the bullhorns, like the, the, oh, the metal, no. you know? Yeah. So you do that you and someone else does it to you. They might not be a fan of, you know, Black Dahlia murder. Right. They might be a follower of Baphomet. Oh. Either way, you're a friend of mine. Oh. I want to talk to you. Whether you're a fan of thrash metal or you're a fan <laughs> of the Bull Daddy, I want to talk to you. Let's Baphomet be friends. Bull Daddy. Uh, although many of Baphomet's cults infiltrate developed mm-hmm. societies lurking in the shadows, a movement grows among remote settlements far from the trade routes and the caravan roads that act as the arteries progress. Okay. As they spread across the countryside, preying on the natural fears born from both the darkness, the unknown, and the wilderness. Because, you know, isolation breeds ignorance. And some of the most violent and open cults in Baphomet service exist on the fringes of decaying empires and kingdoms. So, we've also got, you know, as we've... So, this is like, the cult is like very... Uh, loose and you know not very structured right. however we've got the knights of the horned okay. king they are much more structured Goodness. the prince of beasts has much to offer mortals and through service to the trampler the mortal can escape the bonds of guilt be freed from the shackles of society and unleash his or her true nature now, this is where the Knights of the Horn King step in. A fanatical and deviant society of smart people, of you know, like very intelligent people who reject the chains of religion and its myriad deceptions in favor of a more simpler existence, of a more simple existence. The It's a society of philosopher warriors who oppose Arathis, who is the lawful okay. neutral patron of minotaurs and also the god of civilization and law and they oppose her church on the grounds that the civilization her priests promote is an abomination and stands at odds with mortals true nature oh, so that's the angel shoulder right right Arathis is the angel every yeah, baphomet mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. Uh, but in truth, the Knights of the Horned King are a cancer within civilization undermining the authority of the law and dismantling progress in a very destructive way. The knights usually select a specific city and then slowly infiltrate the community, each member occupying a crucial position among the leaders. And then once they cripple the community and spread their dark faith, they leave it to rot and then move on to the next. And while this like they're a known institution like people know about the knights of the horn king they know it's a thing that exists the identities of its members remain hidden to prevent compromising the of group's course. objectives which makes sense you don't want to get found out because then you uh, get stopped exactly 
the organization is small and exclusive, so power resides in the hand of one leader, Verena Tabu, uh, the powerful and dangerous mind who actually founded this sinister oh. society. Her role within the Knights is largely unknown outside of its members, and she conceals her purpose by, and I found this to be just absolutely great, acting as a priestess of Arathis, <gasps> the goddess that she, in truth, viciously opposes. Sneaky. Sneaky sneak. Uh, no permanent headquarters, obviously, due to the kind of like nomadic nature yeah. of its mission. Instead, when they select a city to destroy... They raise a small temple in a cellar or a vault or somewhere similar where they can perform their ceremonies without attracting attention. And then once that city is ruined, they dismantle mm-hmm. the temple, taking their relics and trappings to the next town. An infection. Uh, they do not have any. Right. Exactly. Uh, they don't have any sort of formal hierarchy due to their longstanding opposition to right. law. Uh, so, yeah, aside from their leader, aside from Verena, all are equal in the eyes of the Horned King. Mm. And although, like, that's not to say that she can't be supplanted, that she, like, is the end-all mm-hmm. be-all. You know, anyone with the courage and strength can try to, to kill her and become the new leader, but all who have tried have met a grisly end. Oh. And so... You know, it says that they're all equal, right. and so, it, but it mentions that there there's two levels of membership. But there's, I mean, the second level isn't really a level. It's I'll I'll, I'll let you I'll okay. I'll read it okay. to explain. So, so full members understand and accept their allegiance to Baphomet and commit their lives and souls to spreading his filthy presence throughout the world. Okay. Right. So, you've got Verena, and then you've got a full okay. member, and then they count this as the second level membership. But really, it's just. It, it says it here. The rest are tools, oh. individual, useful, uh, useful individuals whose loyalty comes at the price of favors, coin, fulfillment of desires, oh. and social advancement. So they're unwitting agents who have no idea what the you know behind the truth behind the new the knights right. of the horned king. But they're just pawns or their purpose. Right, exactly. But and they're almost always counted among the casualties when the community disintegrates. So. You know, count that as a level of membership if you want, I guess. I guess they're like, you know, I mean, really, but really they're just pawns. They're they're a means to an end. And then the last of uh, Baphomet's uh, servants that Uh I wanted to discuss because they're just fantastic is Ustarix, the eater of men. He's a man eater. I love Hollow Notes. Actually, that's the very first. That's like a core memory of mine. That's like the very first song I can remember listening to. That is to. awesome. So, but that's for my Hollow Notes right. lore cast right. coming out soon. Old guy lore cast. Uh, I love this quote from Ustarix. Okay. We are all beasts and only delusion prevents you from seeing the truth. So Baphomet's Kabbalists are among the most feared and dangerous of the Demon Prince servants since they can often move openly, working their villainy without restraint. I mean, it's part of like hiding within yeah. shadows thing. Like you're and like they're so secretive that you don't know that they're actually a servant of the of the full right. god. Uh and Ustarix has attained more than any other Kabbalist, and one day 
he might rise to claim his place at his master's side. So Ustarix clawed his way to power in a cult operating in the Minotaur Fortress known as Paturn. He proved his worth by eliminating the rival religions at work in the community, snuffing out their followers and weakening their presence until only the cult of Baphomet remained. At the same time, Ustarix removed other obstacles to his own ascent among his fellow Kabbalists until he claimed his place as Voice of the Beast. So Ostarix is a very large minotaur who stands seven feet tall, weighs about 400 pounds, and he gained the moniker, the nickname of Eater of Men on the battlefield. As an eager warrior, he would lead raids into settlements of other humanoids to gather slaves and supplies. Mm -hmm. And after each victory, he devours the enemy leader, sucking the flesh from the victim's bones. Oh, okay. Not as lovely as the Hall and Oates song. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Every inch of Ustarik's body features complex tattooing and scarring, each puckered and oozing with corruption. He traces the patterns without thinking, running a nail along the marks, and plucking at the loosened scabs to let the blood and pus flow freely. Great. I mean, he wants to claim... Yeah, he wants to claim his place at right. Baphomet's right hand. So what are you going to do? Gross and the worst. <laughs> so and to do so, he is a he is gross mm-hmm. and he is the worst, and he is amassing a vast following of mortal servants to prove his worth to the Horn King. He literally that's his only goal. He cares for that nothing else. I do have to say, you said Usterix, eater of men, and I read it as Baphomet's. <laughs> cannibalists which makes that quote and everything you just told me so much worse (laughs) they're all beasts and the only delusion and only delusion prevents you from seeing the truth i love it it's so cool yeah like baphomet is is a boss he's amazing he's definitely earned his spot in spooky month 100% 100% have. Well, thank you so much again, fair folk of the Patreon for supporting the show yes, yes. and the way that you do. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this bonus episode on Baphomet and stay tuned for even more bonus content because we're going to have it for you. Yes, we are. My name is Sergio. And I'm Mary. Fare thee well, fair folk of the Patreon. And until we meet again, may all your 20s be natural. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.